Welcome back to another episode on the Gridiron Prep Podcast. I'm your host, Caddy Exclusive, and joining us today, we have master coach, actor, rapper, neighborhood hero, and the CEO of Meta Ray Athletics, Donnie Pills. What's the deal, man? Welcome, Donnie. Thanks for joining us on the show. Yes, sir. And we just want to let the people know, you can tell us who you are. And you just introduce yourself. I know I'll give you a brief uh, little shout-out, but just let them know who you are and where you're about, where you're from. I'm Donnie Bills, 2 Trill from Los Angeles, California. And, man, I'm about peace and prosperity, giving back to my community, as well as curing generational poverty and just helping out in all the aspects that I can, you know, in every lane, like you mentioned, whether it's my acting career or it's music or Metairie as a sports conglomerate, everything we do is just to better our communities, better our people, better ourselves as individuals so collectively we can strive. Yeah, that's and that's what we need, too, especially in this day and age, the way things are going. How long have you been training athletes, and, and is there any particular position or side of the ball that you specialize in working with? Uh, Metairie, I will, uh, next month, Metairie will be a year old as a company itself, but, I mean, as a former athlete, and I'm going back into coaching high school football, but I've had a few tours in coaching in the high school football realm as well. Um, I've been training athletes. I would say it'd be a good four years on the training spectrum. Uh, Metairie itself is a conglomerate of what it's doing with the agency, with the mentorship program, et cetera. Those things are coming up on 365. But this has been something that's been embedded in me since I stopped playing and I hung the cleats up and I put the ball down, et cetera. Um, this is what we've been doing. Um, and on the tip, as far as a particular side of the ball, I mean, I'm a specialist in my niche markets, uh, our speed and agility and movement, the understanding of the body's mechanics. But at the end of the day, that transitions from me into the receiver play, quarterback play, defensive backs, running backs and linebackers is where I really have a lot of esteemed knowledge and a lot of clientele base. And I work with a lot of those groups. Um, but if I had to pick two to pull out of that, it'll probably be. DBs and quarterbacks is where I really find myself having a lot of impact aside from the people that I have around me that can help, you know, pick up some of the slack in those other positional areas. Okay. Yeah, I can relate to that. As a former athlete myself, like once we get done playing, you know, that, that competitive edge is still in us and everything, all the people that helped us along our career, our uh, playing career, we kind of want to do the same for the next generation. What makes, you know, Meta Ray sports, unique what separates you guys from another you know speed and agility training service well for one it's like man you got several master coaches where you know we have basketball tennis baseball track and field boxing football like it's, it's more variety when you come to meta Ray. and just mm-hmm. aside from just putting people through drills like your normal training company we're a synergy-based organization so we train your alignment we train athletes not only in their physical realm but in their spiritual realm and their mental aspect so mm-hmm. me as a coach and me as a trainer and me as a person it's like i'm not just going to put you through drills to make your footwork better or make you faster we're going to make sure your mind and your body and your soul are aligned like what's your purpose your passion for doing this why are we doing this and how do we excel at doing this type of thing? For me, I explained to an athlete the other day that this is not what coach is asking or making up. This is not what you want to do. This is an algorithm and a science. And we're simply just testing it and plugging it and playing it. There's a science behind running. There's a science behind throwing a football properly. There's a science behind route running. There's a science behind voids and holes and coverages. So right. this energy-based aspect with MetaRay, a lot of people come through for the 
range of motion because I'm a range of motion specialist. So that brings people in. But deeper than that, like I'm not trying to sell you on just range of motion. I want you to know that your athlete has three chambers of their involvement and we have to work all three for them to be synergized. You look at any play in major sports that happen this elite. That play happened because that athlete was synergized. And I'm working on the trademark of synergized because it's synergy and, and, and energized together. Because synergy mm-hmm. is a thing, but what happens when your synergy is in alignment, right? Like that's where we came with this concept. Okay, you become synergized in the aspect. You become aligned is the term to use. But meta race difference in the sense though is that we just train the complete metaphysiology of an athlete versus just putting them through a physical aspect. Right. You said you mentioned the three chambers. Could you could you repeat that and let us know what that is? The three chambers to align. So I mean, the number three is a very pinnacle number and a trilogy is something that when it comes together, great things happen, right? Or just yeah, the yeah. line, right? So in your synergy, there's three chapters of your mind, your body, and your soul, right? So these right. things broken up in a sports realm. It's like they always say the game is 90% mental, 10% physical in football. And in most sports, it's 90% mental. Versus the actual physical aspect, even down to boxing, you know, Floyd Mayweather is, yes, a physical game, but he played 90 percent mental that whole fight. And then 10 percent. Physicality gets him a win versus the 90 percent that actually got him 50. and Oh, that's mental. So these three chambers in, in, in yourself as a person before we even get to sports, just your mind, body and your soul. They operate on different planes and you have to work to align yourself to become in sync. You may have physical doubts, but be mentally prepared and still have passion behind it. So you usually have to have two out of these three things before you should decide to do something. So it just translates into sports. Should I make this step, make this move, make this play without having knowledge of physicality, knowledge of my mindset and knowledge of where my heart is in this scenario? Um, so in those three chapters, like I mentioned, we just train an athlete to know that or we train this athlete may need more mental prep because their physical alignment is better. So, okay, let's see what's your passion, what's your purpose, how can we keep your soul and your heart in this and let your mind connect with what your body can already do. Some people are already like blessed with something. They right. into something with a gift, but they don't have the understanding or they don't have a purpose for it. So that's what we do here at MetaRay. That's, that's really for the youth that we work with. It's our mentorship program. And for our adult athletes, it becomes like an agency realm because we have your best interests at heart in your mindset. Yeah, that's that's incredible though. That's I was not expecting that at all. That's deep, and you're you guys are obviously passionate about what you're doing, and this is a, a Meta Ray is a great great service, and I think more people need to get out there and sign up with y'all. So if if I'm signing up for a workout or I'm trying to you know become a client of yours, uh-huh. could you give me like walk us through a workout? What's a typical workout, or do you? Specify to your client, like, well, he wants to well, say, say, a typical, or whatever. say a typical, like a Monday, a Monday, Wednesday for me in particular, right? Like Monday, <clears throat> I have two clients, they ages six and nine, they play basketball. So they have a basketball regiment. My programming is very unique and specific to what you need. So before I even take on a client and we'll touch base on how we got to the youth spectrum, but just any general client, I do an hour and a half consultation to find out what it is that you need from me. Like what, what service can I provide? Because everyone is unique. So there is a general consensus of things that I do in speed and agility, because like I said, it's an algorithm. So I can get anybody to run better with better understanding of, excuse me, how to coordinate their body, 
how to run faster. What are the mechanics of speed? That's very simple, a very general thing. So a workout will consist of a warm up period where we warm you up. We do some stretches. We'll do an activation period where now we go from a stretch portion, whatever muscles we're working on to stretch. We now activate those muscles. So we just went from a standstill stretch to now we're doing some drills that may activate these muscles that we're using. Say this athlete wants to be faster, so today we want to work lower extremities. So we'll stretch our legs out, stretch our body out, then we'll go into some band work, doing some squats, some calisthenic things that require some hypertrophied resistance to get those legs going. From there, after your warm-up and your activation period, you do a pre-exhaustion period. So pre-exhaustion for, once again, like I say, a basketball athlete, pre-exhaustion would be drills that have you moving a lot, dribbling a lot, shooting a lot. Before we get to our point of emphasis today, which is maybe being stronger in our base. I talk lower extremities, making sure that your feet are squared to the basket. We work in that today, but we want to get those legs pre-exhausted. So let's put you through some drills where you have to get moving and make sure you're resetting your feet before you shoot every time. Boom. Now we're nice and pre-exhausted in our area of emphasis. From there, now we do a period where we learn something through what we did. But now after our pre-exhaustion period, we get into a certain So circuit for basketball may consist of a few different drills that we do in unison or like my athletes, I mentioned their brother. So one of the brothers may enter the session and now we do a tandem drill that go ahead and circuit trains our shot selection with good foot placement that we worked on. After that, we apply it in a facet for the kids. I do kid of the court instead of king of the court, kid of the court. We'll apply what we Mm -hmm. learned in a king of the court style facet to conclude our workout after being through all these things. So that blueprint I can apply to every athlete, every sport, every person, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's on the field, whether it's tennis track, et cetera. That's the schematic of how your workout will flow. The things we do are now predicated towards what you need as an athlete. Um, and that's what I have to get to the root of, or those are things that I learned through assessment or through conversation with athlete or parental guidance. Yeah, that, that, that right there with the consultation, not too many training programs or services are giving you that to actually get to know you and see what's going to, you know, benefit you. Because Meta Ray sounds like to me, it's more than just a training service. It's more of a lifestyle. Yeah, so that's facts. That's we're going we're gonna to get you right all, all the way together. Yeah, I mean, I want sustainability out of my clientele base. It's like I tell clients, like, I don't want to be around. You, you don't need me forever. I want to get you to a point where you can say, hey, look, Donnie, mm-hmm. we straight right now. And I know you're going to come back when you want to get some other fast. Calling me all year round. It takes 90 days to retain something properly with muscle memory, with mental memory, et cetera. So what I tell people, um, specifically parents or athletes in general, man, in 90 days, we'll be able to re-engineer muscle memory for a purpose of whatever it is we want to get this athlete to do. Now, with more than 90 days, obviously we can do more, but it'll take 90 days for us to just cure this issue that you say is in your sports play. 90 days mm-hmm. for us to get you to understand why you're doing things wrong or how to do things better. 90 days for us to get you to understand how to be faster, to be faster. 90 days to get you a regiment that you can take outside. And when you go work out on your own, you know how to warm yourself up. You know how to activate yourself, pre-exhaust yourself, circuit yourself, and apply something that you're trying to do for that day. It's all about building sustainability in these people um, and in athletes especially. I touched on uh, what the youth facet, like we weren't, we were working with, you know, high school guys because I was coaching high school football or Juco guys because I'm a Juco product or guys who were in college, you know, D1 trying to get to the league because I was there as well, too. And, you know, one day I got a kid and then every every since then, you know, people want their kid to be in the light of this kid because they see the work that this kid put in. Now, you ask what made Metare different now. We didn't have a lot of kids originally. We you know we were working with older athletes. So be it that I had one or two youth. 
I'm the trainer who showed up to practice to see if it's working or to see what they're doing to see how we yeah, follow up. Oh, I love that. And then it's like, you got the parents. Like, who is you? You blue, you little buddy brother. <laughs> like, nah, I'm Coach Bills. I'm a trainer. Oh, I didn't know seven-year-olds had trainers. Eight-year-olds had trainers. Like, yeah, I didn't know either, but that's the way. Like, and I'm not even pushing the envelope and trying to sign you up. And then I got to the program right. for this one kid. I got eight members of his team signed up to the program just because this kid, he was on, he was on our diamond package where it's a complete synergy package. Like I work with this kid in multiple sports, baseball, range of motion and movement. His, I'm his strength and conditioning coordinator. I'm his quarterback, running back, linebacker and receiver coach. And right. I do basketball work with this kid. So being able to see that it works with these kids and be, putting a face to a name with the company and people being like, man, you come to practice and this kid working out with you an hour before practice and he's practicing twice a week. Somebody from the company is at practice to see if it's working, tracking the progression of this athlete, talking to the coaches, asking questions on how we can help him be better for their system. Why wouldn't you? Like, you know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't you want to be a part of somebody who's actually going to do what they're saying versus just like, yeah, I'm going to make your kid better and get a check by doing some drills. But my goal and my motto is call me when he's seven, not 17, because if you get, get him with me now, by the time he gets to high school, he's going to get all them scholarships and save you 80000 a year four times over the course of four years by just switching to learning the tools he can have then now. And kids are sponges early, so they can soak it up. So it works. Yep, and that's and that's so I'll cut you off real quick. That's exactly what we we're talking about with with just youth coaches in general, not mm-hmm. even just the trainers, but just coaches. Like you're coaching them at the foundational level, so they're taking what you're teaching them forever. So right. you're teaching if you're teaching them wrong or not teaching them something they should learn, you're already setting them back. So you know they get to say just middle school. And they're supposed to be, you know, they got to know the A gap, B gap, or whatever. Right. And they've never been taught that because their little league coach never, never, all he wanted to do was, you know, pitch it to the outside or he didn't teach anybody about contain or the bro. So it's like, and now you, now you, now you sitting back, you don't, you're not, now you're saying coach don't like me because you're not getting in the game where you don't understand right. the, the fundamental concepts of the, of the game of football or basketball, baseball, whatever. But it's so, so the, the game's so messed up to the point where what you're saying is exactly true, my brother, but you got coaches too where I had a kid, you know, my goal is to make you, no matter what your age, place you three years in movement beyond your mm-hmm. year. Your understanding will be three years beyond your age group. Your movement should be three years beyond your age group. Your goals and your passion for why you're doing this will be set three years beyond your age group. So when I have an eight-year-old client and another one on his team who train as receivers together, and, you know, they don't really throw too much in AU football. You know, this week I go to practice, they in five wide spread situations. So they got my two athletes. We've been working some releases. They never taught these guys releases. So the kids should do whatever it is they know. I got two kids slide releasing in unison, both standing inside, good movement. Coach told him, look, man, stop doing that little release you're doing. You shouldn't know that until high school. I don't want to see it. You ate. What? <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and for me, but speak this though. For me, I say, look, how do you, I say, I say, why did you slide releasing? He said, coach, man, he told me stop slide releasing. I say, look, I say, why you stop sliding? He said, I said, why you, why did you slide him in general? He said he was in press coverage, so I slid him outside to run inside because I had a slant. I said that. So, you know, what I did as a trainer, I just taught them a more simplistic release that doesn't look like they're trying too hard at eight to a coach who doesn't know much. 
And then right. I, told him, I told him this was knew exactly why he was supposed to do that though. He told you why I'm doing a slide release. I'm setting him up so I can get him inside for the slant. You know, slide release and press, you want to move the DB off his platform. You never want to just okay. stay behind the line of scrimmage. You never want to just stay in the same place. You want to shift his hips early, right? Test his lever right. or get him to guess. So if someone's impressed, you want to slide him two, three steps off the platform, boom, get jab back to wherever it is you're trying to go back on your route, stack, stem, catch, tug. So for an eight-year-old to reiterate that to me in the moment, it knew that Meta Ray was working, but I also knew, okay, I understand where a coach is coming from. Who I say, did he teach you a release? He said, no. I said, okay, so I'm going to teach you guys next week a simple foot fire release that won't get you in trouble. But in the game, when you get press coverage, that's on you. Coaches coach, players play. So for me to have an eight-year-old be told that he's doing something that he shouldn't know until high school is a blessing. And I didn't want that kid to feel down by the moment because the coach is really on him, like, stop doing something. And it's like, we're not going to stop doing that because every time he does it, your quarterback is one step throw and nobody's right. around. Him. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, I get it, but. You're going to be making you look good, coach. Yeah. Well, see, but that's what it is. So, I, I mean, I transitioned from, from trainer to coach, and there's a fine line between what mm-hmm. I do and what, what, what I want to do with MetaRay and what we're doing is we're bridging that gap between a trainer and a coach. You play, you played sports professionally, right? So, you know, when you yeah. have a training staff, your trainer does nothing outside of your recovery. Besides wait for you to get hurt to help you get better in game. Your trainer may help you with hydration. Your trainer was there during injury, but however, I take it to the football realm. The trainer should come out and be tandemed with a coach. And we're doing a tackling drill now, say football, right? The trainer should say, head trainer comes out. We're doing a tackling drill per head coach, blah, blah, blah. I want you guys to maintain your posture with your shoulders back. Be deep rooted in your stance. Keep your head up. Let's be safe because coaches don't reiterate full training mechanics. They they reiterate technique in the moment. Yeah. So so you know what I'm saying? There's no, and then you have trainers who feel like they can't speak up in the practice facet because that's coach's time. But there should be a gap bridge. The trainer should be reminding the defensive back, aside from the defensive back coach on game day, hey, man, straighten your feet up. Bend your knee. Don't hunch over. And then the DB coach can just remind him the plays on game day. But there should be some sort of connection between trainer and coach to help the betterment of the sports realm and the athlete. So, I mean, I teetered that line and being a coach because I, I, I coach track. I coach seven on seven football. I coach high school football. But I'm a trainer. So people called me coach when this first really started, but the aspect was just training. But now, you know, the the title, I guess, is warranted and it's earned through, you know, what I'm doing, repetition, reputation, and resume. But at the end of the day, it's like I, I honestly understand where the conflict lies. You know, some people tell me what I and my company was doing in the youth football realm was wrong for us to be practicing in training kids before practice or and that's not on me for this this kid's father or mother to say he needs extra work and this is the time frame allotted and you know we do things from a professional realm we're not stepping on toes we're not teaching them no plays we're not doing nothing like i said we come to practice to see what plays you're running so we can make sure he's sharp for you so anytime there has been conflict in a few facets we've always been backed and represented by the community because they know that we really give it is like you say the fundamental foundation they need to be successful you said you work with DBs, quarterbacks. You, you're pretty much everybody with skill and movement and stuff like that. So let me ask you. Go ahead. Uh, like, like confidence and swagger. Those words are synonymous with the DB, especially corners. Like, you gotta, you gotta have that type of cocky attitude, certain mindset. Like, nobody's getting up on me on that island out there. 
Like right. he takes into the DB, the psyche, of how a player develops that type of confident mindset. Failure to success ratio. If you increase fundamental awareness, if you increase mechanical foundation, you will have more success than failure through muscle memory, right? And that goes mm-hmm. from mental muscle memory and physical. That's very imperative in the DB position because, like you say, you on the island and you don't know which direction the storm is coming from. So yeah, for the fine. DB, I started varsity as a freshman at Fairfax High School in the ninth grade at safety and at corner at 14 years old. Never had played the corner position, but there was a confidence and swagger and an understanding that I had about the game. You know, in Pop Warner, yeah. you know, running back, quarterback, fullback, line. I started off playing center and DN. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I had an understanding yeah. of the game. So in that DB position, yeah. what's missing right now for sure in a DB game, you see all these receiver highlights, but stop looking at Odell Beckham's route and look what the, the, the person in front of him did. There's a lack right. of understanding of what the offense is doing now for these defensive backs to combat. Now, football is chess. So for you to play linebacker, you understand what quarterbacks do. You understand formation recognition. You understand alignment, personnel. These things help you be faster on point of attack at your positioning. Now, there's not a lot of game being given to these DBs to tell a DB, hey, post come in seven or nine steps with an inside foot. They come in six or eight steps with an outside foot up. So if you got a team that we studied on film, they run a lot of post concept routes. On third down, he running post. You're going to know his bang coming in seven steps with his inside foot up. So he's not running 10 yards on post. He should be trying to get 10 yards in seven steps, but it's going to come in seven steps. Ball going to be there. If you take nine steps and go, then the quarterback going to lead him. If you don't understand what's going to happen, you can't combat it. And you telling me I'm supposed to stand in front of this dude and run a four flat and <laughs> work stuff. When Meta Ray coach Bills got him doing a slide release and he got the hand play like a D lineman, like, but if you don't even understand after he does all that where he's going and what he's doing, then you're automatically beat. So the confidence and the swagger in the DB position stems from people who are students of the game. Any athlete with extreme confidence studies something, oh, yeah. whether it's themselves, whether it's their game, whether it's anything, Talk to them. Talk to them. anything that they in. And what you did is important. That's that clap it up right there. That's when our other companies, man, yeah. clap it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, sir. I, talk to them. Especially at the DB, though. Just cognitive awareness, understanding of offenses, play recognition. These things stop you from getting beat. Now, there are mechanical things and fundamental things that you do from a defensive back that help you combat what receivers do. But just being an athlete in the defensive back position won't cut it. You gotta be another quarterback of the defense and you gotta understand what's going on in front of you. Understand, like we say, range of motion is very important. Understanding how to press, understanding which hand to use first and why, understanding where to place your hips, understanding where to place your feet. There's a play in the Super Bowl that just passed where the DB from, uh, whatever team that was, bro. He got an interception and, and I was confused at why he got the pick and just went out of bounds when he could have towed it down the sideline. But he doesn't, I can tell he doesn't train with the cognitive awareness as a defensive back to always have his feet straight, whether I'm in the weight room, whether I'm in my stance, whether I'm doing this, straight feet, because then your muscle memory is to let your feet pocket wherever you naturally hold them. So when he caught that ball and landed, his foot was slightly crooked in wherever it was comfortable. So it touched the line versus if it would have just naturally been straight, like your feet were born. Then he would have been in bounds. So just having awareness of your body, awareness of your position, awareness of your opponents and what they do, those things are what help DBs. It's not just about being fast or having coverage. Like you can't even tell me 
what people tell DBs. Like it's not even really like a culture behind teaching it. It's like you don't they don't want to give up the game because then it'll ruin football if we teach them the right way. And I played DB and I had DB coaches and they taught me great things, but nobody really broke the, the game down the way we break it down from talking to the quarterback that we have or the receivers that we have and just understanding how the combat was going on. I spent the whole year receiver training just to get to this point now where I create what's called Team Indigo, which is my DB. So now I can just give all the DBs all the game of what's going on on the other side of the ball. Train with professional receivers, train, trained people. Got game from other people. Let people train me to learn what it is in the realm of the receiver to see what's going on, like how they winning so much right now in the game of football. So I mean, that's right, duh. They're kind of you right there. That, yeah. To um, I seen on we'll see one of your posts on IG that you know you're a trainer who gets out there and does what he's teaching his clients and his right. uh his pupils. Right. So I'm like, as a you know a former a former player myself. I always thought that was pretty impressive too. You always kind of pay attention to those guys a little more, whether you're conscious of it or not. Right. Like when a coach or a trainer, you know, is telling you to do something. And, you know, as a player, you're not always feeling what the coach is saying or the trainer is saying. But when he shows you, he's literally showing you why this is going to work or why you should do this. And he can do it himself. Even though if he can't do it at the speed you're doing that, but he can right. do it. It's, it just, it's just another comfort or relatability aspect that you want to like. All right, this is my guy, Coach Bill. Is he's out here working? Like I see you out here doing the stuff yourself, right? And I mean, half the time, you, half the time you pull up to your training session, I was I'm already there. Whether you come to my facility or we meet in a location, I'm already there programming for myself, like in a sweat, like lathered up, ready to go, mm -hmm. working on something, or no. you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, and it's it's also it's a product of my environment, man. Shout out Kareem Dennis, my receiver coach, my DB coach at high school. Dude suited up yeah. every day and shoulder pads and helmet when I was in high school. Like wow, yeah, what high school? What high school? I went to Fairfax High School out here in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah, like he played in our summertime scrimmage. He played in the scrimmage, bro. Full pads, like <laughs> oh, that's and, wow. like he was a hot type dude. So you know, it helped me. You know, in, in high school, like I said, I played DB, and then you know, eventually my junior senior year, I was playing middle backer. I was controlling our defense aside from other mm -hmm. things that I was doing. But um, you and know, you know linebacker, it helped me really you know work against a elite athlete. Like this is a twenty five year old man in his prime right now who was still playing some semi-professional football at the yeah. time really right in front of us getting busy showing yeah. us <laughs> so you know it's a product of my environment you know joe rush another coach of mine db coach he'd get busy with us too one practice he took my shoulder pads and helped me he said don you done you had a great practice put my stuff on mouthpiece included and sub, and sub yourself in for me <laughs> like he wasn't showing no, he wasn't giving no passes, bro. He wasn't giving no passes. <laughs> it's like there's three ways of passing information, bro. Man, showing, telling, and involvement. So if someone can't grasp the concept of just being told, just being showed, or there has to be some sort of involvement, whether you involve yourself or they're involved with you. Um, you know, I I try to. In certain scenarios, especially with my clients who train me privately to, you know, take every rep with you sometimes. Like, I, I want to show. I want you to go first and let me see what you're doing. And then you see how I do it or vice versa. Like, let's grind together. Let's create a work atmosphere because I'm not a – I wasn't a firm believer in the private facet. I believe competition breeds success. So being in group facets helps you. You learn mm -hmm. a lot more with mass, with mass groups. But now being a trainer and a coach, I noticed that you also – cannot service each individual in certain number groups because of the headcount. You need to work on this. He needs to work on that. And there's 10 other people that have same, similar, or different deficiencies. Like we can attack them at a certain point in time, but we can't really get to you. 
I watch kids go to camps or kids train in organizations where there's like 15 in the line every time. And it's like that coach can't stop and really like break it down to you in that way. It works on a team because we have film study or we have group settings and things of that sort. But the private spectrum allows us to synergize this athlete and then put him in competitive environments to test it and see if it can work. But um, I mean, I'm definitely a competition based success guy, but you got to put people under a microscope and see what they can do. We held a private combine at USC uh, last December to just get some kids that we heard about ages 6 to 14 in the area and in different leagues and just to test them, like, what makes this kid great and what does this kid need to work on before he gets to an actual combine? And it was amazing to see some kids who, on film, you're like, man, you wouldn't think that he had this deficiency or had to work in this area, but he did. And, you know, we see them improving in those facets. No one's perfect in this realm. So, I mean, I just think on one accord that just what we do here at Metaray and what we aim to do and strive to do is just for the betterment of sports across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Ray is, is, is on its way for sure. Yeah. That's what right. I'm hearing. Yeah. That's uh, right. So let me, let me ask you, um, you spoke about range of motion and mm-hmm. you, you work with quarterbacks. So obviously any corners, two, two positions that obviously quarterback with their shoulders and their feet and then corners, their hips. Mm-hmm. Obviously you got to be able to turn have loose hips playing this position. How do you how do you um basically improve that area with those two athletes, basically in their shoulders, keeping them loose or whatever? Is it more flexibility, stretching? What what do you guys do? Or what the should athletes motion, do? Like I said, what makes what makes our schematic different is the type of practices that we use in our training. So we have, you know, like we have the Metaray fitness aspect. Um shout out TJ Hall, my business partner, you know, he he founded Metaray and I'm the life force. So we talk synergy. Okay. You know, we have a mind, body and soul chapter in our organization as well, too. Um, just the way it goes. So it's like he's the body. I'm the soul. And we have a mind frame in the sense of it. So what we do right. with yeah, yeah. training, our band work. Um, it's called anatomical training. We work just to align your body. So if you think about your right shoulder is contralaterally. So oppositely connected to your left hip. Same for mm-hmm. your left shoulder is cross-connected to your right hip. Or you say mm-hmm. you got an ankle injury. Okay, that's probable. You know, you rolled your ankle or you've had ankle problems. But why do we have ankle problems? Maybe because we aren't strong enough in our foot. Or maybe because we also have weak ligaments in our knees that are causing our ankles to have to overcompensate. So you right. roll it often because it's doing more work. Um, so what we do, you know, every stretch and we do this, but our programming with the anatomical training, um, we do a lot of band work. We, we work a lot of the little muscles. We work a lot of muscles that you didn't think you had to, to work. We make sure that there's an application to the fitness side into the athletic realm. So when you talk about like a typical Metaray training session. So through those chapters, you know, warm up, you may warm up in a, a normal athletic fashion, or you may warm up in a hypertrophied fashion, which is resistance bands, doing some things to get these muscles working. So for DBs, quarterbacks, um, it's a lot of bands, IT bands above the knees, making sure that we low in the position that we're going to be in and be able to disconnect. So, you know, we work a lot of single leg stuff, then double legs so that these things can stand on their own and don't have to compensate. So for DBs specifically, I say work your stance and being comfortable with it. Work being low, being comfortable, yeah. being able to have a big chest, still having bent knees, not being so unstable. Same thing for quarterbacks, but just in motion. Um, quarterbacks, a lot of movement that's 
very robotic so you can get the muscle memory. That three-step drop should, you know, be a walk in the park. I'm a stickler for the little things. Like, I don't walk through something the way that you don't think you should be doing it or the way it should be done. So to work those hips for quarterbacks, we make sure in our pre-exhaustion and activation periods, there's always band reps or some sort of movement in range of motion that applies what you're going to need. Like you see the back, the back dance, how he warms his, his hips up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's something in an activation period for a quarterback that, for him. I'm sure he warms up or gets stretched out in that locker room with the trainers, and then he goes out there and he activates himself. So his activation is, is the back dance, get that hip just moving forward. He's a mobile quarterback, so he likes to do a lot of things to get his hip throwing and hip firing, but in the movement of a forward round versus a three-step drop and hitching and letting it go. Um, he's very particular about activating in motion. Um, so things we do for DBs is, yeah, you got a back pedal, but you know, we need to slow it down. Very, a lot of mirror drills happen in our activation periods for defensive backs where you're in your stance and you're going through movements that would happen full speed if a receiver is there, but we're walking through that shit damn near 50%, 45%, just getting the feel for how it would be to step inside to my leverage and reach up, reach up. All right, open up. Let me overextend this knee and make sure that's going so that you can have the fluidity. Um, range of motion is all about just understanding coordination and being fluid and doing that and not attaining bad muscle memory. Don't do any range of motion reps sloppily. Don't rush them. Right. If it's bad, it's okay to not count it and do one better. Um, it's not about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right. clean that up. Right. right. So yeah. uh, let me let me ask you, during the quarantine, how, what have you been doing to keep yourself sharp and in shape? And then, like, what's some advice that you can give all our young gridiron prep athletes out there that are listening, uh, they can take advantage of time. So when they return, they you know they don't come back, get hurt, or just looking like they've been chilling and playing two K for the past month or you know eight weeks, whatever. How long it's gonna last? Man, I uh, highly recommend that no matter what you're doing, take forty five seconds before you do anything when you wake up, before you even go brush your teeth to stretch, touch your toes, right over left, left over right, straight down, fifteen seconds each, something as simple as that. Wake up. In the morning, excuse me, do 10 arm circles, both forward and backwards. Like these little things are so minute, but it's like you shouldn't be warming your car up when it's time to drive it. You should be doing maintenance routinely on it so that you can warm it up officially when it's time to get home. So right now for myself, um, you know, I still been programming, training. I went and got a training mask. And this is a, a, a training mask people, I guess, used to use a few years ago when yeah. training masks were hot and it has a filter system just to keep myself clientele based while I am still doing select things because of what's going on. Um, keep myself safe. And it's an altitude restriction mask. So it's helped me get in better cardiovascular and respiratory shape. So I recommend if you are going to step outside to still condition, at least be precautious based on what is going on. Um, and not alone, just use your space. 10 sets of 10 push-ups a day. To change your life. You could do 10 push-ups, take a 10-second break and do 10 more. We're not asking for a straight 100 piece. We ask for 10 good ones and then relax. By the fifth, sixth set, you're going to be an atrophy and you're going to be like, man, Ooh, it's not it's easy. Burning. <laughs> but but it's, a lot e- it's a lot easier and it'll build strength and then eventually you'll be able to do 50 straight off doing 10 sets of 10. So I recommend film study. Small, minute cardiovascular things. If you can't get outside right now and have a little calisthenic regimen, stretch in the crib. Even when things do open up, wake up, stretch. Before you get in the bed and go to sleep, do a 45-second stretch. Like, that's not asking for too much. First no, thing I ask, when I, 
when I check on my athletes. I call I'll call one right now and be like, Did you stretch today? Like I ain't finna ask you how your day was. Cause it's probably bad because you ain't stretch. Stretch muscles are happy. You know, hydrate, so, film, film study, um, be a student of the game. Watch watch what you did in your past season. See what you need to get done next season. Um, last thing I recommend off what I'm saying doing is put these things on paper. If it's written, it'll be his word or her word, and you are him and you are her. So go ahead and put your goals together. What do you want to get better on? What can you work on? And then write a list of where you'll go to find that information. And that, you know, just change your game. Yeah, so you spoke on film study. Now, do you recommend, uh, should they be watching film of themselves, uh, the, the opposition or just somebody who's obviously doing it at a higher level, like, you know, like a Richard Sherman or whoever, for example, or should they focus on, you know, on their own film to see what flaws or things they could be improving on or just all of it in general? Treat everything like a trilogy, man. So watch yourself, watch somebody that is better than you. And then mm-hmm. watch somebody in between you and where you want to be. So like that's that. the opposition. <laughs> so you know, there, bro. That's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. So well, you know what I'm saying? If I'm a youth athlete and I'm in middle school, I'm of course I play DB, I'ma watch Sherm. I'm gonna watch him. And then I'm gonna find the top high school DB and watch him too. That's my op, because he got my scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or yeah. you know, play yeah. film too, because you know. All right. All right. You watch an opponent film and help you. And then what you do is in each one of those chapters, so you watch film on yourself and then you break that down. You make highlights. All people always make highlights. That's fine. But every athlete in America and in the world should make lowlights for yourself. When I was a college football player, after every game, I made my highlight tape for, for recruiters and, you know, whatever. And then I made lowlights every play that I made a mistake on, every play where mm-hmm. I was stagnant and didn't do something. Every play where I felt like there could have been something better. I missed a tackle or I dropped a pass or I, I got beat on a coverage play, whether they threw it or not. And then I'm going to study what I'm doing wrong so I can understand why I'm doing it wrong so I can figure okay. out how I can do it better. And then the fourth thing of that trilogy, after those three things, you can figure out when it's happening. Okay, I'm getting beat every time I get in my stance like this because I'm not spreading the floor properly. I don't have a good base. So when I'm trying to open and put hips up at DB and flip and turn and run, I can't really get there because I'm too far inside. It's an alignment issue. Um, we had a thing called Caster, Casker when I played uh, football at one of the colleges I was at. Call, assignment, stance, key, responsibility. When we watch film, we would check each box. Did you do your Casker? Did you get the call? Did you align properly? Is your stance proper enough? Did you read your key that plan? Did you do your responsibility? And when I took that with my low lights, I realized in my low lights, half of my casker wasn't done. That's why I was a low light. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or I was missing three out of the five instead of having three out of the five. You know, if you got three things, you got to have two. If you got five things, you got to have three. We got to pass these classes. Yeah, C's get degrees, but it ain't easy to get a C. You still got to put some work in. So we just want you to the B minus C plus, you still got to put some work in on treated nonchalant. So I think right now it's very imperative for you to figure out where your deficiencies are as an athlete. If you have film on yourself, don't just watch the plays where you had success. Watch the plays where you did not. And then let's limit those because they're probably just mechanical errors or they're probably just mental errors or they're probably just a movement error. Another trilogy. Hey, that, that advice right there can separate you 
I'm telling you from good and great watching, you know, everybody can watch themselves, you know, go for 30 or get a couple of picks. Right. But it's hard to watch when you just got beat, you know, two of the three possessions, two series in a row. Your man got two first downs on third down. Right. Or you missed a tackle on the outside. Like that, that stuff is hard to watch. It's easy right. to do that. It's easy to watch the highlights. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you a hooper. So it's like, say you playing a team that got great trap, front court trap defense. <laughs> And it's like you only yeah. watch the plays that night where you got out of it. But yep. you never watched the plays where you were stuck in it and didn't see that, ah, oh, I could have hard dribble right and my boy was open in that void. I didn't know it was a void in this this trap defense they was running right there. So now oh, you maybe can communicate. That's what coaches do. Coaches pay attention. to. That's why it's like never good enough for a coach because they're watching lowlights in moments so that they can adjust so that you don't have another one. I'm not – I don't care that you just got an interception. I'm trying to figure out why the, why the heck you keep getting beat on third down. <laughs> like, what is I, it in the football? Is it in the stands? Is it something I'm not seeing on the offensive side of the ball as a D coordinator that they're doing every third down that we can adjust to? I have to pay attention to the lowlights so that I can have more highlights. The highlights are, are recognized. Like, coaches always smile internally. But their focal point is figuring out where are our deficiencies in moments so that we don't have that moment reoccur once again. So the athlete, man, just like it's not a, it's a, it's a heart thing. That's that soul and the synergy. You don't want to feel bad seeing yourself get ducked on or ran over. Right. <laughs> but you have to see why, so that you can avoid it next time. Because it's gonna happen again once you lace them up. Yep. <laughs> like it could potentially. Occur. <laughs> it might not be you. You might see every time coach call this play, my lineman do the same lazy step. This is because he can't get out there or something. And I keep getting smacked at running back. Okay, so as a running back coach called that play, he called Andy. I know he's not finna block. I'm going to change my trajectory. I'm going to understand where they're shooting the gap from. I'm going to communicate that with my teammate now because I seen last week every time we called this play, bro, this was happening this week. Can we work on that? And it's not coming from the coach. It's coming from your homie. And now you see it eye to eye like, ah, so I'm the reason why you was getting smacked all last week because I'm being lazy on Indy. Like, it's not a scheme issue. Coaches keep calling the same play. That's why. No, it's not that. Every time he caught his play, you're not reach stepping hard enough. <laughs> like, you're not getting outside the three tech or something. Like, he could call this play if you did this, bro. Like, you know, it's not always the scheme. Sometimes it's the movement inside of the scheme. Versus the scenario of it, though. So I think it's very important for us to, as people, um, not to harp and dwell on negativity, but to recognize it and, and relish in that moment so that you don't repeat it. Right. And then just speaking on this, the current state of the game of football right now is it seems like it's all about speed. I'm talking from the linemen to the corner. Everybody seems to be getting faster. And yeah. so it's not necessarily just the brute strength that, you know, the game was probably, you know, maybe 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, on both sides of the ball. It's speed, speed, speed. Linebackers need to be able to cover sideline to sideline. You got receivers running four twos. Low, everybody's running low four threes. I'm right. seeing and everybody. Line line. That was rare. I ain't never yeah. seen four threes. So, <laughs> so I'm like, so, so with that, like, how has that affected the way you train to prepare your players? Well, I can attest to your fact of the game becoming faster and is simply because humans are evolutionary. So our understanding mm -hmm. has become better over the years in sports. We understand how to run. We understand how to be faster. We can track these things faster. Thus, us doing it, it translates into other generations because we can pass information generationally wow. on how to do these things. 
So as a trainer, that's why I, I, I'm one of the few who talk about movement and range of motion because that is why you see these athletes having success. In the football realm, you see Tyreek Hill. You see Odell Beckham. You see Jarvis Landry. You see people like Julio Jones, who, yes, they're blessed. Yes, they aren't average. I mean, I just found out a couple months ago, I didn't know Odell Beckham was like 5'9", 5'10". I thought bro was like 6'2", 6'3". He played like it. Like, and that used to be the standard receiver. You know, you had to be 6'1 plus. But, you know, it's a movement game. It's not about size. It's movement, movement, movement. How can you move? So for a trainer like me, I just make sure I'm a stickler for mechanics. You know, we just talk, we keep talking these M's and these R's. Mechanics are very important. People are faster because they're more mechanically inclined. We understand high heel running, low heel running, how to keep your arms 90 degrees, where to stop the elbow or the knee from overextending to get it back down to create torque, force, turnover, velocity. These are things that scientists have studied, but it's now trickled over into the masses. Now we know. Um, you look at sports science, the show that was talking about, you know, Ray Lewis is hitting at 26 miles per hour. Yeah, I'll be keeping that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just to understand the inertia he's creating. And now for him, it's like, okay, if I'm using this mechanic to create this much force, if I learned how to be more mechanically inclined, I can add four more miles per hour to this force that I'm creating. Or, you know, you see DeAnthony Thomas in the... uh Tostitos bowl some years back against Kansas State, take the opening kick return back, and he got up to 24 miles per hour running. And they wow. broke it down to why is because he is an athlete who, when he runs, it's almost sheer perfect to the human body's mechanic to create speed force. Everything in our world is patterned off of something. Planes are patterned off of other animals that fly, like birds or whatever came before mm-hmm. them. You have cars and vessels that are patterned. They have horsepower because they realize horses right, right. create a certain <laughs> turnover to create a certain energy inside of their body to do this. So it's the same thing with the human body. We are machine-based organisms. And when I say machine-based, I'm not saying that we are necessarily made from things that you think in a machine in our society, but we are mechanical. We operate off of energy, electricity. It is systemized. Everybody is different, but everybody, separate those words, is the same. It's the same organs. It's the same composition. It's like you can be just as fast as me. I can be just as fast as you if we put in the same amount of work to attain the knowledge of how to be that fast. Now, people are blessed. Like, I'm not saying I could wake up one day and be as fast as Tyreek Hill, but 365 days ago, I was 245 pounds. I probably would have ran like a 4849. Okay, I'm, one, <laughs> I'm, I'm 190 now with mechanical premise. I'm, I clocked a 44 the other day. And, you know, and, and when I was in Juco, I'm probably like at the height of my climate when I was in Juco, when I was in my prime prime, when I was at this probably body uh, composition. So just to become faster and in the game and the speed and the realm is just because. Odell Beckham, Tyreek Hill, Jarvis Landry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, they understand their body. They're synergized athletes, so they can do all the things that they're doing. They can just play football. You go watch some Odell Beckham and watch how he runs routes and how he's leading with his right foot, and all of a sudden he's smoothly transitioning and flipped his hips, and the the left foot is moving forward now, but his shoulder stayed square in front of you and never moved. 
You can't tell no DB read no hips, read no shoulders. You got to tell the DB to key these things, find indicators, and know what your opponent is doing because it's not like he's going to run every route. The, the the New York Giants, the Cleveland Browns, they only run certain routes. So, I mean, understand what he does in those routes and then understand how to combat and understand the game. But week to week, that team is only going to do a certain amount of things. Although Beckham doesn't go out there and run a million different routes. He runs the same route a million different ways. So if you just know what he's doing, it'll help you combat when he does it the way he does. Jerry Rice ran like three, four routes. He ran other routes, but those were the go-to. He ran a lot of posts. He ran a lot of digs. He ran a lot of post outs because they would set up the post all day. Then he'll go post out off the dig combination. Like it's a science to this stuff. And and it's saddening in the game that they don't, they dumb it down for the kids because they feel like they'll learn it later or they don't need to teach it to them or I don't want to learn it. What do you do on a slice? Right. Like, <laughs> well, if a kid, if I came as a kid, that he told me he was a press coverage coach, so I just wanted to slide him real quick. And it wasn't a bad slide. I seen it. It wasn't. And, and this was my kid who his slide release isn't as smooth as the other kids. But it wasn't right. a bad slide release. Like, you feel me? Like, it, it, it was decent and it worked and it timed up and he caught the ball and he scored a little practice. Now, those things don't count, but I understand if it was a timing issue and it was this issue. I honestly know part of the issue was, yes, it was different to the coach. And then also in that scenario, that was people at the beginning of this time understanding the conglomerate of what Meta Ray was. And some of the people had to get the taste in their mouth and realize that these people want the best out of these kids. They're not stepping on no toes. Like I was accused of trying to steal somebody's team. Like I don't coach Pop Warner football, so I don't know where I'm stealing your team midseason. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what jerseys, helmet combination they think they're getting, but they're not playing for Meta Ray. They can come train with us, but ain't nobody trying to steal your team, bro. Like if anything, like I'm a liaison to your situation, so I'm not asking right. you. If you really open your eyes, you can come to me and say, hey, he's sorry. Can you, since you Mr. Trainer, can you do this, do that? Yeah. I'm really doing yeah, right. half your job for you as a as a coach, which is not no knock on no coaches, but I'm trying to help you and aid you in your success for the betterment of your program. Just because this athlete is in my situation, you will reap the benefits of our community-based organization. Because it's not about you, your team, this, that, and the third. I don't train athletes who played against each other. Who who are competing at positions? I had two quarterbacks that's on the same team, and they I'm training one, and the dad came to me and said, "Hey, can you, I'd sign my son up. He need to get right too. Yep, so, man. He, he got to advantage for my kid. I got to get. We got to get with this dude too, right? And then it became okay. Let's get this game here. And now this kid, you know, he he's gotten training in other places, and then he played on my seven oh seven organization with my business partner, and you've seen improvement in this kid. And those kids all season long, they battled neck and neck. There was no true starter. They had the coaches just had each week. It was like, what well, we need, who having better practice? What can, where can we slap this other guy because he has these other attributes? If this guy's having a better week, and it's like, bro, I can honestly care about your record. Like, I, I, for what? Like, I'm here to help these kids. So if any coach in America has a problem with people helping kids, then they don't want the best out of those kids. Yeah, and those yeah, things start opening their eyes to the parents. Like, man, how the trainer over here talking like this? And I ain't heard none of this from the coaches. They ain't talking like I gave out progress checks, big dog, to my clients that were um, college on down. I gave Manoray progress check. Parents looking at me like I'm crazy. Kids like looking like well, my coach ain't even give me one of these. What's this? See, I need that. Bro. I like that. I, I like need that. Bro. Bro, you going, your next training session gonna be gruesome. I need that. Bro. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, some people did, some people didn't bring them back, but I noticed what it did when I initiated that. Like, oh, bro, serious. <laughs> like, he, he, this is not just some, he's not just trying to help me get my kid better. Like, he has a passion and a purpose and a premise oh. behind what he's doing. Yeah. So, for just to give us an example, what, what would a project check look like? Um, so, I mean, a basic, so it, it'll start off like a, a basic one. I just want to know. I told the kids, take this to your teacher, bro, and then I will come to your school, fool. Like, don't play with this. Like, you know, I'm going to talk to your mom and them. So I want to know, you know, for, for the teachers, I ask them, give me a grade. Is there anything that this student athlete can do better in the class to work on that grade? I ask the teacher if there's any deficiency that the kid has that's causing you trouble to get them the information you want them to obtain. Right. Um, and this helps me better learn my athletes. When I went to college, I studied psychology. So I'm asking these teachers questions aside from scholastics about behavioral tendencies that this athlete may have that's hindering their success. And it's not even just for the negative because there's a portion for the positive for athletes because a lot of them, unfortunately, bro, I have all the good kids. I don't have any trouble-based kids. Most of my kids have great grades. Like, there's no knuckleheads. And I'd be like, man, like, I, I, I'm from the streets. I'm from the hood. Like, I want to help my people, too, and I make sure I go above and beyond to do that. But the ones that come to me, they need certain other aspects in their synergy versus whatever else that comes with being a product of your environment where I come from. So it's a good thing. So I ask in a positive realm, what are some things this kid does good that will help them continue to succeed? so that I can reaffirm those things, so the parent can reaffirm those things. Okay, this kid has a good grade in this class. What does this kid need to do to obtain this? Because just because you got a B, you might be on the cusp of starting to show behavioral tendencies that will decline this B into something else. So then aside from that, boom, I asked the kid a progress check about Meta Ray. What can Meta Ray do to help you succeed on the field, on the court, off, off the court, in the classroom? What are some things that you want to work on? Get the input from the athlete. So in combination with their school realm, because those people get to see them every day in that light of information taking, which they do for me, it helps me learn how to be a better teacher to them. It helps me what like this athlete. I make player cards in my mind for all my athletes. Like I I treat it like mad. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm working with this kid. (laughs) I be telling them too, bro. Like you'd be about a sixty-one. Stop playing, like or hey, hey, that's crazy. Because I do the same. I coach. I coach. You know, I'm assistant varsity coach at my old high school, and I do the same thing. Like, dude, you're overall sixty-one. You're shooting. Your shooting likelihood is a D minus. Your inside score is a D. Hey, tell the point straight up. You got a Gatorade cup under your little icon, real fast. We in the game. Two minutes. You already got that little Gatorade cup by your feet. <laughs> but not, but I, I, you know, I tell them, you know, no, not even like, but coach, you didn't see that last practice, you know, I, I lock so on. So I say, your man coverage good, but that zone knowledge, that zone coverage, mm-hmm. that IQ, we got to get that up. You could turn it around with him. I see you because you got that, that 83 speed, but you ain't got the cognitive awareness. Your awareness on Madden, that, import, that awareness is important. You see players you're like, why they, why they rating or overall not good? It's because that awareness is down. They ain't got that sensibility that causes them to have failure, not success in the ratio. So always try to, you know, do things like whether it's a progress check or whether it's coming to a game or whether it's coming to a practice and giving you some pre and post prep. Um, just to simply see where that player's head's at so I could pass information to him because I don't take the same approach. I have a, 
a, a tool set of approaches, but I don't take the same approach to every athlete because it just simply doesn't work like that. Um, it's, it's a hard position being a coach. It's very tough. And uh, I mean, you know that. Like you say, you coach varsity football, uh, basketball. So you, you know that it's very tough to account for people's synergy. These athletes have lives. They are someone's son or daughter. They are someone's yeah. brother sister and they are also a human being in their own perspective so their own trilogy is at battle each and every day and it's like kids say well coach this and coach that and it's like coach gotta realize when sometimes to get out of his bag and realize oh that kid going through something today. so i'm not gonna push him to success this way that kid is going through so how can i break through to get what i want out of him which is to get better in our program, but also so this kid doesn't enter a breaking point. Because I see myself when I'm pushing a kid and pushing a kid, and yes, this kid has had maybe a defiant tendency or a lack of energy at times or want to do something. But really, where is the disconnect? Because I know it's not me because Coach Bills ain't doing that to you. I want I want the best for you. You know, I come every day and show up. And I love when my parents be like, man, show Coach some love after this training session because he ain't have to come do it. And in my mind, I'm like, bro, you pay for this. I do have to come do this. But you're right. <laughs> but you're, you're right. right. I, didn't have to, I didn't have to come do it in the fashion that I did it, in the facet that I did it, right. in the form that I did it. You know, making sure that we hear in this way, with this energy, with this prep, with this program. You know, like I, I didn't. Like so you, said, you didn't, you didn't lather it up before they even got there. You you didn't got warmed up. You juice. You ready to go. And you know, and I tell I tell some of my athletes, they be like, Coach, can we? I say, Look, man, not today because Coach don't sit up till three o'clock in the morning programming for me to come here and you tell me what to do. I say, Hey, if y'all want to do my job, just put a workout together and I show up and just proctor it. But it's not working like that. So you know, I, I program these things so I will take your input. It, it, it can be a, hey, coach, I want to work on these things, but don't tell me, can we do something today because you don't want to do something else. I would never disregard an athlete's wants because I want to hear what you want because I'm going to add it to a program at times. You know, right. I have an athlete playing around doing something. I'm like, I'm going to turn that into a drill. They don't even know. Like, like you know, like you, I see you having fun with that. I'm going to take the fun out of that. Yeah, yeah. It's going to make you better, though. But you know what I'm saying? Because good trainers and good coaches, is if fun is a focal point, stay away from those people. We shouldn't be here just for the focal point of fun. You have fun right. in your success in a sport. It should be a focal point of, are we getting better today? Are we succeeding today? Shout out Jack the River, man. My little homie, man. His mama said she's never seen him break down into tears or not be able to just cleanly go through a workout before. And this is an elite level youth 9U athlete. Right. And yeah. I say, you know, it's just different. The tempo is just different. And it's not like we are doing something that's unknown. It's just the way that we maneuver in this realm is different. And she was like, yeah, man, like and she wants she was happy about it because she knows that we ain't yelling. We ain't cussing. We ain't doing nothing that's completely extreme to make him get to that breaking point. But as a young man, he's going through something. He is going through something in this workout that is fold or flop. Is it I'm going to finish or I'm going to fail? And that's what you want out of these sports for these kids is the foundation and the intangible things that you learn that become tangible when you live your life as an adult, as a human, as a person is how to persevere, how to adapt, how to have a regimen, how to practice, how to program, how to how to play with a with a brotherhood or a sister, a sisterhood or how to lose, win, deal with those emotions. Right. We, still, we just got blew out last week and we here again Monday in the weight room like shit's sweet, but yeah. we have to. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, to, and then when you get into life, you know, being an adult, once you get into adulting, you take that sports stuff with you. Trust me, it'll help. 
you ain't lying because there's some people like that didn't play sports and you can tell and it yeah. shows like they start you folding. Yep. Yep. Words on my mouth. Took the words out of my mouth. Well, that's so, why, like, you know, we, we say pressure makes diamonds. You know what I'm saying? It's like pressure busts pipes. But, you know, where I'm from, here at Metaray, pressure makes diamonds. And that's a true fact. To make a diamond, it, it experiences extreme amount of heat, pressure. It gets black and colds up. And eventually that diamond is, you know what I'm saying, it's clustered off. It's polished and shined. And it's, it's worth millions. But it had to go through that scrutiny. It had to go through that strenuous platform of pressure for it to become a diamond. So it's like pressure a bust a pipe or to make a diamond just depending on what you are. You a pipe or you a diamond, bro. Like that's on, on your parents or that's on you to decipher where your blueprint is, man. So I, I could definitely see it in people like you saying that that's agreed and that's facts. That like some people you can tell there's no sports base in their life and it's not bad, but sports for sure gives you right. this whole it, it develop you develop discipline and all that, that camaraderie or just working together, but yeah, a few more questions. We almost finished, but uh, yeah. you mentioned Pat Warner. You played out there, so we just want to ask you, like, can you tell us a little bit what you football is like out in California, and give us, you know, give us a story about what you used to do out there in yeah. Little League. Use football in California in today's climate. I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like, I'm never know what it could have should have how you do. I had a great <laughs> run when I was in youth sports, but if I was a youth yeah. sports athlete right now, bro, I'd be running. Uh, because I was, I was like all of them now because it's like the stuff we used to do is the norm. You gotta have right. a, you gotta have a swag. You gotta have like a support group. You gotta like almost be league ready at seven, eight, nine, ten, t before high school. You all like it was only a few select like that. You know what I'm saying? A small database and everybody else was like at a cool cap. Now it's like so many elite athletes because of the internet. You can find out about them and, 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 and you can get to them. You can see highlights. So in California, yeah. it's a whole lot of drip. It's a whole lot of swag. It's a whole lot of okay. I'm talking about these kids, like the branding is impeccable. Like, you know what I'm saying? Shout out Tyson Thompson, bro. T2. I'm talking about like he, a, he an eight-position athlete with cognitive knowledge of him at, at them all. Shout out to Lil Takeoff and his brother Lil Hitter. Like, they dope. They play for the South Bay Sparks. Like, it's just so yeah. many. You know, Lil Zip. Yeah, okay. Like, it's just so much, like, just beauty in the city and youth football and, and just to see the kids just grinding. Like, you can see they want it. And you can could, you could see the parents, and I love it, the parents believe in their kids' dream. You know, when I played, for me to tell my mama, I wanted to go to the NFL or I wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor. Like these things are attainable, but some things are, you know, we got to be realistic. But now you see right. a lot of parents buying into what these kids are saying and flipping into that. I got a kid that signed himself up for Metaray. The mama said, yeah, he just, he, he just pulled it up. He showed it to me. He said he wanted to do it. He told me how much it was. I looked it over and now we're here. Yeah. He did. It. She said any trainer that kid ever had, he found him. He verified it. He validated it. He get he got confirmation from me, and, and and I just went on and said, "I'm gonna support my nine year old son who is doing what he needs to do to stay ahead and above the curve." So what I appreciate out here in Cali, like I say, man, just the swagger, the tempo. They say Cali, Texas, Florida, but in reality, you know, Cali is a combination state. Like we have very versatile athletes. Our athletes are very deceptive. It's like you look at speed demons in the NFL, and then you look at the ones in California. You look at a Deshaun Jackson in comparison to some of the fastest guys who have come out of the NFL. There's no other body type like his. There's no other play style like his. Because he's from Cali. Um, you know, and it, it is what it is. You look at Aaron Rodgers. 
great quarterbacks have come through the NFL, but you look at the Cali quarterbacks, it's just a, he got a different type of tool set because we're combination pieces. We're a melting pot state. A lot of our stuff comes from the beauty of having accessibility to multiple variations. So we had a guy, we had a guy, he's a pro-life trainer. He said, pretty much LA is the mecca of quarterbacks. And so he said, you go to LA, you're going to find all types of quarterbacks from, like you said, different. Bro, I would show, <laughs> show you a left-hand Filipino kid that you'd be like, man, what's, what college he going to? I could find a Hispanic quarterback with a rocket. I played against a dude in high school named Batista. He the only other dude other than me that I've seen throw with ambidextrous tendencies. My dude rolled out right, got blitzed, turned around, rolled out left, put the ball in his left hand, and threw a dot. Like... I ain't never seen it. I mean, I could throw both. I ain't seen it. Like, I don't count myself. I ain't seen it somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the, the variation of athlete is very unique out here. I had an Asian nose guard when I was in high school, bro. Jao Kim, bro, he was a dog. Like, I'm talking about, bro. Like, Jao Kim was a dog at nose, bro. Like, no cap. One of my partners said he went to an SC camp, and, you know, he was balling against all the SC offensive linemen, and, you know, he plays D-line. He said he came over to the facts and couldn't get around some of the guys we had, and we had some different individuals. They wasn't your typical type of, you know, what you thought would be a quintessential lineman, right. whatever that is in that time frame and age. But, you know, I just appreciate in Cali, like I say, it's something in the, in the water, something in the air, and there's no knock on anywhere else, but, man, Cali really got the sauce in that football realm, you know. I would get that conversation to in, in basketball to other states for sure. But when it comes to football, it's just something different. <laughs> Texas got speed, size, strength, and the look. Florida got hella speed. You know, the South, they hold it down. But Cali is a beautiful, beautiful balance, and the world requires balance. Like, it's a beautiful balance of athletes out here. Oh, I like the way you put that, too. Yeah, the balance. Yeah, that's not nobody, bro. I'm just calling it like I see it, bro. You know, and I, and I done played football in several different states and places. And in Texas from, you know, age 10, I'm playing in all-star games in Texas, Florida, Atlanta. You know, in high school, played in college all across the country, like – I've seen it, bro. Like, and I'm not, it's not just because I'm from the city that I'm not feeling like this. Like, I believe it and it's valid across the board to other people. So I could certify it. But, you know, Texas, they got their heat. You know, Florida, they got their heat. I mean, it feels up to me. Virginia really don't get enough rap. Pull up how many people in the NFL are from the state of Virginia. Like, Ooh, so VA is not getting enough love out there. not getting enough love, bro. The VA is not getting enough love at all, bro. I'm gonna leave that to the people, man. Y'all go out there and just look up people that came from Virginia. And you know, a few that you may know, like in just football, Russell Wilson, Michael Vick, and even Allen Iverson, who was a football god on JV when he played for that one year. You know what I mean? Like, VA don't get enough credit for the products that they produce in the football realm. So, shout out to VA right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To get they love. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, you're in a prep. We're in the highlight mixtape game. That's kind of what we do. And okay. we just asking, like, especially with this quarantine going on, we just highlight what the kids are doing, working out, staying sharp. We try to highlight that, put a little mixtape feel on it. It had okay. a beat on there. And I know you're, you're in the music game. So we just right. asking you, like, who, who, is there anybody you could recommend that we could hire that could produce us some uh, some authentic like West Coast type beats so we can put it onto our uh, so y'all want for beat? Yeah, yeah, so what, okay. like that West Coast flavor though. 
Hey, okay, okay. Well, you know, I got some options. You know, I got some folks out here that we could tap in with. You know, DJ Sale with the Dog Pound. He didn't produce the Snoop. You know what I'm saying? That's my folks. And then, you know, fortunately, you know, Meta Ray has an umbrella that has a producer coalition. So we got five producers, three of them from Cali. So you don't even trip, bro. You know, it's, it's, yeah, we're trying to work with y'all a little bit on that. Yeah, come on, bro. You know, we tapped in so we could make it make sense on that realm and see some heat. I've been using a lot of uh my boy OD, man. Shout out Mr. Who That Knocking, man. OD beating. He from Tennessee. I've been, you know, using a lot of his content, you know, beats in, in production on my videos is because, you know, I, I mean, I'm a little different, though. You feel me? Like, I'm a trap guy. Mm-hmm. You know, they call me, like, L.A.'s oh, trap guy, you know. And, and, and trap guy backwards is part dog. So you got to have a little dog in you to play some football. Uh, so, okay, okay. You got that southern swing with that slap. But, you know, we, we got some heat for you, bro. I don't even trip, bro, you know. Yeah, I need a little intro yeah, song or something. We, we'll figure something out, bro. So yeah, we that's it, good, yo. We, uh, so, yeah, this uh the last the last little question before we wrap this up? up is we just want you to go ahead and shout out some of your athletes that you work with or some players that you like watching or something like that. It's your time to, you know, you got the oh, mic. Say whatever you want. This started at the top, man, with the fastest man in the world, Trey Dante Hill, the Flash, man, Mr. Folk to himself. We're going to start with him, and I got T2. Don't nobody get mad at me either if I forget you. I'm just running off the top of the world. <laughs> Shout out Rashad White, um, number three ranked on paper, Juco running yeah. back, you know what I'm saying, in the country, number one in our eyes, which is really facts, going to University of Utah, Rashad yeah. White. You know what I'm saying? Shout out, man, the Jack the Rippers of the world, the Cheetah. Shout out Pep, the Rock Stars. Man, shout out Little mm-hmm. Hollywood. Bam. I mean, the list goes on. Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. You know, we got heat. You know, shout out Bunchy Young. Bunchy Young, rock with Meta Ray. Um, you know, Bunchy okay. Young, he in the world right now, so he rocking with us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Bunchy. All right. I see him on IG doing his thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Bunchy Young rocking with us. That's the little bro. So shout out Bunchy. I mean, the list goes on, bro. I left out a lot of people so they can't get mad because it's so many, but shout out yeah. to everybody that show love, show support. Everybody that's been there from the jump stayed rocking with us. And just shout out to everybody who got a purpose, a premise, and a position in this world. And man, if you got any questions, comments, or concerns, we here to help you run it up in the sports realm, in the life realm, and just in general, man, it's all about love, prosperity, and peace with us. And that's Donnie Bills, y'all, out of L.A., Metaray Sports CEO. You can go ahead and give them your Instagram and Twitter tag if you want to. Follow follow me at Mr. Westmade, M-R-W-E-S-T-M-A-D-E. That's my IG. Same thing on Instagram. You can also follow Mr. Donnie Bills. That's my alter ego page as well. On Twitter and Instagram, but then Metaray, M-E-T-A-R-A-Y Athletics, um, and Metaray Fitness. Check us out, man. Check us out on YouTube. Just Google Metaray. Uh, we're trying to be more productive on the YouTube side to give y'all the inlet to what we got going on. We had a lot of exclusive drops and things going on for private-based people, but now we just open it up so y'all can get involved in the realm of what it's like to be a part of Metaray in a lifestyle. And man, we're going to go from there. I appreciate the love. Everybody keep grinding up there. Y'all, y'all heard it from Do- Donnie Bills himself. The man gave us an excellent show. We really appreciate you coming on.